welcome to the second episode of the Broker Bros Podcast, the podcast for brokers by brokers. I'm your host, Joe Adonolfi. And I'm your co-host, Alex Kushka. Back for another one. Alex, we're back on episode two. How are you feeling about it? I'm excited. I think we got a lot of good interaction from our listeners. Um, we're not huge yet, but we're uh, working our way up, getting some... got to start at the bottom, man. Absolutely. You know? And we're going to work our way up. We did it before. We're going to do it again here at LDI. Yep. We started at zero. We got a good amount of interaction with our uh, podcast, just streams, and then people uh, commenting on LinkedIn, letting us know that they liked it and they thought it was informative. So it's... Yeah, we're working a lot of interaction on that, and I was kind of yeah. excited to see that. And also, we got a few got a few questions from our, uh, our Broker Bros email. Um, and I did want to drop that link again here. If you have any questions directly that you want to ask to us that we'll answer live here on the show every week, um, direct those questions to the, uh, the email of brokerbros at shipldi.com. All right, get those questions in and we will answer them here on the podcast. So we started to see a few questions roll in, which was nice. Um, and then uh, also, we're always going to be asking for those reviews. Go Absolutely. on Spotify, go on Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening to us, SoundCloud, whatever it is, we don't care. We want those reviews, right? Let us uh, drop us a comment. Tell, tell us how we're doing. You know, if we need to improve on something, let us know, man. We're here. We're here for the people. We're here for the brokers. Yeah, absolutely. And just on top of that with reviews, also, if you are connected with Joe or I on LinkedIn, please feel free to share the podcast when we do post it each week. We'd love to get more exposure out there to more people in the logistics field that would be interested in hearing what we have to say. Yeah, and uh, send us a direct message with whatever you got, right? We're, yeah continuing the conversation we already started it last week and now we just uh we're continuing rolling on here so alex we got a uh we got a big week it has been a news crazy news week There's <laughs> i don't know a, how else to put it been a lot going on a lot to uh, take in right right now. so we'll get into a couple different things here on the brokering side of the world um but before we do that as always, the Buffalo Boys here, the Broker Bros, we are going to get into um, a little bit of a sports pop culture update, right? Yep. So we love talking about the NFL, love talking about our Bills, our undefeated Bills, 4-0, baby. Um, got a nice win over the Vegas Raiders, who now, we had a guy out there playing with COVID against us. And yeah. now we have breakouts, another two tested positive from the Titans. That's our opponent this week. Stephon Gilmore's testing positive. He's shaking and right in Mahomes' face after the game. It's getting crazy out there. It's getting crazy. I don't know what to expect. I feel like we may have a lot more positive cases popping up soon, which we obviously don't want. And for the Titans' sake, that's that's not looking too good for us for Sunday, which is unfortunate. Well, that's I would normally ask you, Alex, what, what you think is going to happen in this game, but does it matter? I mean, I don't, <laughs> I don't know this week. I, I've – I was feeling optimistic until this morning when they came out with the news that there was more positive cases. So it's not looking too good for Sunday. We'll have to see what. The, no, and, and you know what I've noticed too is the, uh, and not a lot of people are talking about this, but the NFL seems, and, and I am going to go out there on the record here on the podcast and saying COVID is serious. We need to take this serious. We need to take the proper precautions. And yes, if we are getting outbreaks, we'd need to shut down. But people don't talk about how college football is doing this. Right. Did you know last week, Florida State head coach tested positive? They haven't missed a single game. Wow, I didn't. There's know been that. a few teams that have about 20 to 25 guys that have tested positive. They sit those guys out. They quarantine them. That team's still continuing to play. So it's interesting to note and to point out. Um, I don't know where the difference is there really. I haven't right. done too much research into that, but it's just interesting. I saw that today. Right. I thought about that as well. Like you know, could the Titans practice and play just without all of those people that are positive? 
That's what I I'm guess thinking. in theory they could, but it might be a large part of their team, a large part of their staff, and well, they just I mean, want to take the precautions. So we'll have to see what goes on here. Yeah, we're going to see. I mean, I, I don't think that the game's going to happen this week, unfortunately. I think that uh, hopefully we can schedule something in. Like we were saying before the show, we were talking um, with, uh, with Drew, our producer here, um, that hopefully we can get the Broncos. Yeah, that would you know, be – Seems kind of short notice, but – Hey, anything's possible this year. We got to see our Bills play, man. This is just 2020 in a nutshell. It's, you know, the yeah, year we that finally the Bills, have it, a good, promising year, and now who knows what's going to happen MVP with the league. MVP candidate out here, yeah. Joshy boy, you know. Getting a lot of attention. And he scared us last week, almost got oh, hurt. Man. Well, I did get hurt, but yeah. you know, thank God it wasn't serious. Got to keep the risky plays to a minimum. We can't have him getting hurt. Oh, it's just, I, I don't even know. What, I mean, what's going to happen? I mean, the NFL is going to have to do something here because we've got one game already hasn't happened. Now we have two more games in jeopardy. I don't know if they're going to cut the season short. Uh, maybe add another week, a week 18 for all the makeup games. Right. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see. They we'll got some uh, tough decisions to make. I wouldn't want to be in their shoes. We'll have yeah. to see what happens here. It'll be interesting. No, it's going to be very, very interesting. Well, Alex, speaking of tough decisions, contract rates in the year 2021. Yes, I think that's uh, probably something that's weighing on a lot of shippers and brokers' minds right now. What do we Who do? more? I would say more so on the brokers, right? Yeah, I mean, they're – shipper. I, I think it's a little bit of both, but, uh, yeah, they're probably panicking right now. Like, what do we do? What do we expect for contract rates going into 2021? I mean, you – I mean, every broker out there, a lot of the shippers are seeing – the rates right now more so in certain areas but rates are skyrocketing a lot higher than the normal you know year over year average in some areas thousands of dollars more how's, yeah. how's that going to affect contract rates in 2021 are we going to lock in rates that are you know a thousand two thousand dollars more than they were last year i mean it seems like they may be forced to. It's going to be an interesting situation to see yeah. how this plays out, and that, that's something that Joe and I want to discuss here today. Well, and you even know that shippers are going to be late to the party on that, so a lot of these brokers are going to be rating these lanes in accordance to what has been going on with the rate increases, and I feel like you're going to get a lot of pushback from shippers, and they're going to have Absolutely. to learn quick. They're going to have to learn yeah. quick right now because this is bid season, right? So right. we're getting into it. We're getting in the nitty-gritty of getting down and getting those annual contracted bid. And that's another great point. By the way, I do want to point out that we are um, quoting a little bit and going our uh, off of a FreightWaves article from Zach Strickland. Um, he put one out there on Saturday, I believe, where we kind of plucked a few stats off of there. So I didn't want to give credit where credit is due. Um, but yeah, I mean, those contracted rates, it's almost like the NFL, like we were just talking about. It's like, it's got to be a wait and see game. We really don't know. Right. And another good point is, and we were talking about this before the show as well, are we going to see brokers or shippers going away from the 12 month, 12 month cycles on those bids and maybe getting into a six month or maybe getting into a four month or whatever that might be? I think it would be beneficial to both a shipper and a broker because like we were saying before, what happens when we bid really high this year, right? And then springtime, maybe COVID calms down, things start to turn to normal and those rates are gonna fall. And then these shippers are gonna be stuck they're not going to be happy. They're going to notice that, right? Yep. They're going to know what's going on out there because more so as this industry gets more, I guess, online, you would say. Yeah. Um, a, a lot of people, a lot more shippers and, and, and customers are informed on what's going on out there on the rates. So you're going to have a lot of uh, you're going to have a lot of companies, I think, that are strategizing right now as far as their bid goes. Yeah, I think shippers are going to be forced to consider going towards more of like a six month cycle or a four month cycle, like you said, rather than the traditional, you know, locking in a rate for the next 12 months, because if they do that, 
you know, we don't know what's going to happen with the rates. Nobody does. But I feel like there's a very good chance that these high rates that we're seeing currently can't be sustained over the next 12 months unless something unforeseen happens. So let's say they lock in a rate on a lane for 12 months in January and they're paying $5,000 each time for that lane and May rolls around. And now that cost has dropped down to three grand, for example. Customers not going to want to pay that anymore. They're going to say, why am I overpaying for this? You know, carrier rates have gone down significantly and the carrier and the broker might say, hey, well, we locked that in. Um, They're going to want to be flexible in that aspect where maybe lock in a six month contract, four month contract, because I would say you should expect rates to change drastically in 2021. And I would expect them to go down, hopefully. Don't quote me on that, but I feel like that would be the way things are headed eventually. Right. Yeah. And, And I mean... I can just speak from experience right on a bid that I did last year um, and we got into, you know, springtime was great. Everything was growing. We were getting a a good amount of money on that stuff. We were doing a great profit. And then COVID really, really hit and we're upside down five, six hundred dollars on some lanes. I mean, that is a huge swing and that swing could take the opposite effect this year if things start to calm down. So shippers are going to have to be informed. They're going to be. I mean, you got these billion-dollar, multi-million-dollar companies. That's what they do, right? They have guys and girls that look into that stuff. And another thing, too, to point out on those 12, 12-month 12 cycle um, contracted rates, think about this. They're really only adjusting to the market once a year. Right. Right? So right. that market, and we've talked about it since 2018, that market has roller-coastered like we haven't ever seen. Yep. Right. Since 2018, that thing has been up and down like crazy. And to think as a business strategy, is it smart that I only adjust to that market once a year? I'd say no. Yeah, I would agree. I don't think it's smart. And I think I have, I'm happy you mentioned, you know, this year, um, early 2020, you know, we might have locked in rates with a shipper that were pretty affordable, pretty low. And then, you know, you saw as things started to start back up, eventually, um, uh, we, they had to open that back up. They had to open up those bids, whatever they want to say, contract rates, spot rates. Uh, you had to pay more. Carrier rates were far exceeding the contract rates that the shippers were paying. So, I mean, unless a broker is fine with moving loads at a loss, you know, every single day, they need to go back to their customer and say, hey, we got to we gotta adjust this because carrier rates are, are way different than they were when we originally set this contract back in January. Right, right. And another important stat that I like to take off of that FreightWaves article is the outbound tender rejection index that they have. Yep. And it's a great stat, right? Because that is gonna measure that contracted market, right? Which then subsequently tells us how that spot market is doing. Yep. And right now the outbound tender rejections, they're through the roof, right? Yep. These carriers are seeing this stuff. And, and the two reasons, there's only gonna be two reasons that a carrier would reject a tender, right, on a contract. And those are going to be, they don't have, they flat out don't have a truck in the area, right? Mm-hmm. And that could be, we're going to get into it in a second, that could be they just don't, they're short of drivers maybe right. right now this year. And two, they have a better option for a truck, right? And that that's in that area. Right. That is also a big thing because now we know a lot of these rates are upside down. They're hitting the spot market and these carriers know, ah, maybe I'll not make a hundred on, you know, one of these lanes, Maybe I got to go flip it and make even more money on something because there's a better opportunity out there, right? So that's another thing that we want to keep our eye on. And I'm interested to see in 2021, as these contracted rates come in, where is that outbound tender rejection when we get into like, let's say March, April, right? We got enough data. We got four months on the year. Where is that outbound tender rejection, right? Is it starting to fall 
are those contracted rates falling in line? Right. Or is it starting to go up? And that just means that our spot market is just through the roof, right? And they talk, they beg you the question, is there going to be a double-digit rate increase? They argue no. Zach Strickland on that article argues no. And, and I would probably say that I would have to agree with them. Right? Yeah. Because springtime is always in general going to be a ease on the rates, right? And I think that's going to continue to happen unless we have a crazy, crazy spike or something like that in COVID. Yeah, I'm happy you brought up the metric, the outbound tender rejections, because that shows you exactly when carriers, they may have contracted rates with a certain uh, shipper, but uh, if they're seeing rates out there on the same lane, same area that are paying them hundreds of dollars more, I mean, they'd be they'd be dumb to not accept that rather right. than their contracted shipments. So um, that's a good leading indicator of um, what you can expect for rates. But I would expect that to fall down in, in the spring, early 21, uh, because you would think that at that point, carriers are going to be loving the contracted rates because they're probably going to be getting paid more than the spot market at that point if we do expect the spot market to decrease um, from where it is right now. So we'll have to we'll have to keep an eye on that, how that relates to you know, and, our and, rates here. Right, and, and they make another great point. I mean, it's, it's really hard to tell, but it's going to be answered in the coming months with the egos and, and quotes, uh, continued stimulus talks, the election, and unemployment, right? Yep. Because you think about those stimulus and that unemployment, we talked about that on episode one. Yep. That might be contributing factors into why carriers, why there's a driver shortage, yes, right? Some absolutely. drivers might be all right sitting at home collecting unemployment because they're making more, right? right. I mean, that's it really is, <laughs> it, we're starting to talk about it, right? And we're going right. to formulate some better theories, some better strategies as the year comes to an end. Um, and another thing I wanted to point out quickly here. Uh, a great stat that you brought up, uh, you were talking about this yesterday. Mm -hmm. What was it, 100,000 less CDLs were issued in the first seven months of 2020 compared to 2019, and that was due to those driving schools being down for six to eight weeks, yep. right? Exactly. So that tells us just from that, 100,000 less new drivers out there, you know, hauling freight. Um, and that's coupled with a lot of, we talked about this last week on the first episode, a lot of carriers either had to shut down, um, trim their staff, you know, trim their fleet. So they just have left, less drivers altogether and then less coming into um, the industry now. So that's something to keep an eye on. And I think it's become somewhat of a perfect storm with these rates right now. Less, you know, supply of capacity, less trucks, less drivers than we're, you know, we're used to. And then on top of that, the shipping need has exploded. Well, after, yeah. And, know, and, and what's really, I don't mean to cut you off there, but what yeah. just popped in my head, what's really interesting is that election portion, portion and the politics of it has a lot to do with it, right? Think about what's going on in this country, a lot less freight coming over from overseas and a lot more internally, right? Yeah. So that creates a huge, huge, or I'm sorry, a huge increase in the supply of freight right. within this country that has to go over the road. Yep, exactly. And that's just causing more freight than uh, there are trucks to haul it. And that just causes the rates for those trucks to skyrocket. If you want your freight moved, you're going to have to pay more to make it happen. Um, and I think that's something that broker, brokers and shippers are seeing now. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely, definitely interesting. Well, and it'll be interesting to see within like the next like five years, because I always said, and I, I've read a few articles on it, um, and uh, I'll get those in the, uh, in the show notes as far as a credit source. But Will we see, and I don't think because of the container shortage, but let's, let's take the container shortage out of it for intermodal, that yeah. rail system. The United States is set up perfectly for business-to-business -business freight, you know, everything transportation-wise to move more efficiently over those rail systems. Yeah. Where, like, if you take, example, Europe, they're more set up for everyday people transportation, right? Right. Or if I wanted to travel somewhere in Europe, very easy to do so. Where in the U.S., it's more set up for that freight. 
Um, so in the next five years, as these politics and these policies continue to change, bringing more stuff back to America, it's going to be interesting to see. Does it take a diversion over to more rail? Yeah, it may. We'll see. And that, you know, and sometimes intermodal can be a cheaper option. So we'll have to see if more shippers choose to go that route. Yeah. Going intermodal just to get the capacity there. Then it would take away from that Amazon effect of needing it same day, you know? Yeah, and absolutely. And referring to Amazon, I think another thing just with the absolute explosion in shipping need right now that I just read on another article, I'll have to, we'll have to get the credit on that. But um, just average people right now, they're not going on vacation this year, obviously, due to the pandemic. They're spending more money on just home goods, um, electronics, things like that. Home improvement, you know, people are putting in pools, building new decks, things yeah. like that. So that's causing yeah, nothing else to do. Right. That's just a much greater need for building materials, consumer goods, all of that. And all of that needs to get shipped. Um, a lot of it's being done online. Not as many people going to the store to get the things themselves. So it's a perfect storm right now with a ton of shipping need, not a lot of capacity and just making rates go way high. You're right about that, man. Well, we'll uh, we'll wrap up this uh, this segment here by giving our main takeaways. So my main takeaway and my advice for brokers out there, if I'm, hey, contracted rates, what do I do with them in 2021, right? So my main takeaway from this is me personally as a broker, I'm going to stay away from a lot of those large bids that have a ton of brokers on them, right? right. Um, obviously, if you have a customer that, you know, your customer for six years, you're not just going to say, no, I can't do it this year, right? right? So if you do get into a large bid with a lot of brokers, the thing that I'm going to say is going to be very important, identify your strong lanes, right? Yep. Instead of worrying about, hey, I need to rate everything and get as many new lanes as I can, right? So that's maximizing your customer's freight. I want to focus on being efficient this year. And in times like this, it's key, right? Because it's going to be highly competitive as far as that rate. So find those ones where you have good carriers, where you know your company is strong as far as capacity, yep. and get aggressive with those. So I would say rate less, rate more aggressive on the ones, though, that you are rating, right? So that's yep. going to kind of just set a nice building block for yourself. Yeah, focus on your strength, you know, with lanes where you really feel confident, where you know you have regular carriers, where you feel confident and where you can get it at least somewhere within, you know, the current rates or what you're going to give to your customer. And then the other lanes where you're not so sure about capacity or rates continuing to go up, if you can honor your rates stay away from those necessarily. And then another thing I just wanted to add in here at the end, I think there will be a very big opportunity for brokers to come in and kind of save the day for customers that are locked into contracted rates with a carrier or broker, um, being that it's way higher if rates, if spot rates continue to decline, like we're uh, suggesting they might here in 2021. So if there are customers out there that are locked into a very high contract rate, being a broker, you can go in there, prospect these guys and say, hey, you might be locked into something that where you feel you're being taken advantage of. You're play, paying way too much on these rates. Um, I can get you locked in for the rest of the year at this rate. And you're going to save, you know, $500 each time. Very big opportunity there for prospecting and to come in and maybe swoop in and steal some of those customers that are locked into higher contract rates. I think there'll be a good opportunity there. You know, Alex, you're right. And I'll, I'll leave it at this. 2021. The year to cold call. Absolutely. The year to cold call, I think. If it, if it goes the way we're saying right now, which, hey, we could, in four weeks, we could be having a different discussion, right? Right. Um, but it'll be the year to cold call because those customers are going to be looking for cheaper options on that spot market if those yep. contracted rates stay high. You're absolutely right. Uh, well, along the lines of talking about maximizing and retention on your customer, we're going to get into a topic today that is a very, very important one for every single broker out there. There is nobody that can shy away from this and, and put less importance on it than needs to be, right? Customer retention. Um, and I want to lead by saying, 
that we have um, a new blog that's going to be out um, from our producer, Andrew, actually, put a great piece together on customer retention. Um, so go ahead and check that out. We'll put links to it in our, in our show notes here. Um, but he really begs a great question from the top of it, and that's going to be customer retention versus maximizing your customer. Right. right? And that's something that you need to keep a good balance of right now during this pandemic because we all know um, you know, finding new customers is very difficult, even more difficult with the current state of things that we're experiencing. So making sure that you are uh, keeping up on your current customers, you know, making them happy, servicing their needs, um, and not necessarily pushing them too hard to get every single load, uh, make more money on the lanes. Um, so you gotta keep a good balance there between retention and not trying to maximize them too much to the point where they're going to think, Hey, this guy's being too greedy. I'm going to see if I can work with someone else. It's a good bet. You got to keep a good balance there. Well, and that always comes down to your relationship, right? Because I can be a little pushy and a little salesy if I have a very, very, very good relationship where it's kind of like, you know, best friends with the customer, right? You got something like that. You can have that conversation. If you're purely transactional, right? And we talk about this on the blog, um, if you're purely transactional with your customer and you don't really talk much about strategy or, or what's going on, and it's just hey, here's a lane, here's a lane, here's a lane, here's a lane, and that's all that that's all your communication is. That one you might that you're right. You don't want to be so pushy, especially this time of year and this and these times. You're not going to want to sound salesy. It's going to turn them off. They're going to be going away from you, is what I'll say. Um, but along the lines of that retention versus that maximizing, and and I'd like to know your thoughts on this, Alex. My personal thoughts are right now. It's all about retention. I, I mean, obviously, if there's opportunity for maximizing certain lanes and then certain sales with your current customers, that's great. Mm-hmm. Don't ever say no to that. But I would say the retention piece is going to be the most important part right now to keep that customer because right now, I just want to have that that base, right, to kind right. of survive this right now, right? Right. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Retention is the most important thing right now, and I think the best part or your best way to go about trying to retain your current customers, you just got to demonstrate your value beyond that bottom line. Everyone's struggling with rates and high costs right now. Um, you know, you don't want to just be the guy that you can get the cheapest rate every single time. You need to demonstrate your value beyond that uh, by saying, hey, I'm going to give you an update within five minutes whenever you ask me where this load is. I'm going to get back to you with a quote within five minutes. If you call me after hours, I will answer my phone. If you text me, I'll respond. I'm available to you. I'm here to service your needs. You know, I'm working for more of a partnership here rather than just a shipper and a broker. Yeah. Um, so showing them that you care about their business and really being attentive to it, I think goes a long way for retaining these customers. And like we said, retention is definitely the most important thing right now with one limited customer pool with some businesses closing. Um, and then just the competitive nature of everything right now, everyone's trying to go and prospect and steal each other's customers because a lot of people are just not doing too great right now. Yeah, if you're selling on rates right now, you're not doing well, right? Right, you're, right now, you should be selling on service, and you should. We always talk about, and, and we're going more into the business development side of things on a freight brokerage. A lot of these brokers that we deal with every day say, Joe, Alex, you know, I want to grow, but I don't have time. You know, I'm always got to, you know, I got to make sure my customer serves. I got to get those updates. I got to be efficient. And this is the time. This is the time to really take a step back. And I'm never going to say don't focus on sales, but take a step back and make sure that your processes, your um, your check calls, your updates, all that stuff is efficient and it is fine-tuned. There is right. no holes in it. It is bulletproof, right? Because that is what is going to separate you right now and what's going to make a customer say, I don't even care what I'm paying. I know that this is going to be taken care of because in today's freight market, 
there is a lot of fall-offs, there's oh, yeah. a lot of service issues, there's a lot of failures. So right now that's where you're gonna separate yourself. So like I said, if you're selling on rates right now, you're losing, you're absolutely losing. Um, so I also wanna get into a couple like examples, right? Some, some, some so what's we always say it for the brokers. Mm-hmm. Um, and and some, some key ideas and some examples you can do for good customer retention. And the first one that I got, is to keep, always keep, and this is, goes without saying, keep that CRM, right? Have a CRM and make note of any interaction that you're having with that customer, right? Because yep. what does that do? That go, We're all human, right? We all forget things. Yep. I mark that in that CRM. I know for next time I can bring that up. Hey, Mr. Customer, last time you, you mentioned that you had an issue on this one lane, how's that been going for you lately, right? And you keep asking about that, one of these days that'll pop, and that goes more towards the maximizing um, idea there. But that is a very good um Simple tip, right? Keep that CRM, keep those interactions logged. Um, also, another thing that I want to say is always be asking questions, right? That's one thing that I try and do on every kind of interaction or sales call that I have. I'm always asking questions of the customer, keeping them talking rather than me trying to sell something. Um, and really, you're going to ask for opportunities, yes, but when it's really slow and nothing's going on and you're not seeing too much, ask them what they need help on, right? Um, and, and that's kind of just some, some simple tips there. I don't know what uh, what you got for me, Alex. Yeah, you Any made good points there. there. I think definitely keeping in touch with them. I mean, if you have a very good customer, call them every day, you know, email them, keep in touch, try to build that relationship um, because you never know. I mean, if you fail on one shipment and you don't have the best relationship with that customer, they may be like, oh, I got to move on. I got to find someone else. And, you know, if another broker is calling in that same day, they might give them an opportunity to work with them. Um, so make sure, you know, try to build those relationships, keep everything good, um, you know, make them happy, make them feel confident that in this chaotic world of freight right now, you are the guy or girl that's going to it's gonna get it done and make sure everything happens according to plan. Yeah. And uh, I would also say another thing, too, is to identify, like we were, I was saying before, identify those problem lanes for your customers um, but also know your strengths and know your problem lanes, right? If a customer comes to you in um, 2020, 2021 and says, hey, can you, I need a rate on this lane, and you know that you're probably not going to be able to get that covered, a lot of brokers in the past would just, you know, hey, let's, let's take it and let's, let's run with it. Let's try and right. smile and dial. Let's get stuff. Right now, that's, that's, a, tough, that's a tough gig, right? So yeah. know your own strengths and weaknesses and correlate and Communicate that to your customer because that's the biggest thing. Communication with your customer right now is going to be the biggest thing, and they're going to appreciate that. If they don't, I don't know if you want them as a customer anymore. Yeah, right? just being honest and being very upfront about, hey, yeah, I can do this all day, or you know, we might struggle on this one. It might be you know more expensive. It's going to fluctuate. You know, capacity may fluctuate. Um, just yeah, definitely being upfront with them. I feel will make them more comfortable to continue working with you. Yeah, absolutely. And then another thing I want to point out too is your check calls, right? That's a very simple, easy thing that you're doing every day for your carriers. But uh, a lot of brokers, not a lot, but I mean, some brokers will fall into, hey, I'm, I'm good. I, I got my carrier check calls out of the way, but did I ever update my customer, right? So make right. sure that you're every time you do a carrier check call, you're relaying that to your customer. Um, you're giving them those, like you said, within five minutes, you're going to have an update. If you ask where the truck is, you're going to have an update. Um, these are all very, very important things for retention versus, like we said, that maximizing, right? Right. Where that maximizing is where you're going to get into more probing questions, right? You're going to figure out where those problem lanes are for that customer. Um, and you're going to want to increase your business with them um, rather than just focusing on the retention of it. Definitely. Also, 
want to get into one last thing here on the retention piece that you had brought up to me um, yesterday when we were talking, and that is the the a COVID effect on businesses, right? A lot of businesses have shut down and then they've remained shut down. Yep. We want to talk about some of those businesses that might be COVID proof, and I know you have a few examples for us. Yeah, you want to. So on the opposite side of retention, obviously everyone still wants to prospect because you know no customer lasts forever. So eventually you need to try and replace customers. You're always trying to gain new business, um, but you know it's very tough right now. There are a lot of companies, um, industries that have shut down, and large parts of those companies will not reopen. You know specifically like restaurants or tourism related things. That's going to be what you want to stay away from. I mean, lot there's an article that we read actually from. Uh, CNN business that said 60% of all um, restaurants that closed from COVID are not reopening ever. Um, so that's that's very large number of businesses that people probably ship for that are closed for good, never going to ship a thing again. Um, so you need to focus on things you may think are pandemic proof, uh, more along the lines of healthcare supplies, maybe home goods, electronics, um, groceries, groceries. Yes, you know absolutely. Um, on top of that, there's definitely been a large boom in like IT sales. You know, a lot of people are working from home. Maybe if you didn't do shipping, those sorts of products, servers, you know, anything like that. You just got to think, where is the demand right now in a pandemic world? And, you know, everyone's probably thinking the same thing. Yeah, I want to get in shipping masks. I want to get in shipping face shields and gowns. You got to think beyond that because everyone's going to be trying to do that. Uh, so you just got to keep in mind. What is shipping right now? What's in demand? And what is no longer going to be in demand? Well, you made a good point. And this is the oldest prospecting tool I ever learned when I first got into brokering. And, and it relates now today, too. And somebody told me once when I first started, go to the grocery store. And our local one is Wegmans. Go to Wegmans. Pick up a can of something. See where that distributor is and call them. Call them the next day and see where, see where that leads, right? You can still do that at a grocery store. But now... Think about, I'm even sitting here thinking about this podcast, Mike, right? Maybe if I was, you know, I was looking for a new customer, who ships these, right? Because people are doing podcasts, podcasting is exploding right now, right? right? Home, whatever, home setup for your, for your office. Right. Just anything. Computers, monitors, you know, phones, anything for people to set up and work at home. Um, There's definitely been a probably a surge in demand for those things with everyone working from home for who knows how long. Absolutely. So you have to adapt with the times as a freight broker because the transportation of goods is going to adapt with the times, right? Yep, absolutely. Um, So yeah, obviously customer retention to wrap that up is an important piece. And and we're going to say to wrap it up, retention is going to be your most important part versus maximizing right now, right? You want to be able to continue that, to have that, that, base, right? You want to have that base as a broker um, that you're servicing your customer 100% of the time um, and you're not leaving them out there stranded, right? If you're selling on rates right now, you're losing. You need to sell on service um, because that is what a lot of customers are going to want right now. Yeah, I think that's the way that you can differentiate yourself between other brokers if you are the person that can provide great service even in this chaotic world of freight that we're living through right now. Um, you know, they'll see that as very valuable to them if you can you can make it happen. Yeah. Well, hey, we are we want to take a question from our uh, from our group here. Um, we have a question that was entered in by a gentleman named Matthew. Um, we'll keep last names private here, but uh, the question kind of reads. I don't know if the question or just kind of a general idea here, um, but it was a pretty funny one that I saw. That it's uh, you can dive into a lot of different realms on this one. 
Um, and it goes, why are all the people crying about transparency, right? Simple, easy, it's a question, uh, but it really, it, it has a lot of relevance right now in today's market, right? Carriers versus shippers versus brokers. Transparency, why is it important? Why are people crying for it? Yeah, so I just wanna give some background on this. I think Matthew's referring to um, in the spring when trucking rates were way, way down, like historically low, um, a lot of carriers grouped together and went to Congress and trying to get um, some sort of bill passed that would basically force shippers, or, or I'm sorry, not shippers, brokers to yep. disclose the rate that they are paid on a load because they feel that there was a large amount of brokers taking advantage of the low rates to carriers. And let's say they're still getting paid $1,500 on a lane all along, but now they're only paying the carrier 700. Carriers felt that was unfair because a lot of them are going out of business because of those low rates. And yeah, it was unfair. So they wanted transparency there where they want to be able to see how much the broker's being paid for the loads. Now, I wouldn't necessarily say transparency is as needed because carrier rates have gone through the roof. They are making probably more money than they ever have. I think they're doing pretty good right now, but they still want that transparency. They want to require brokers to disclose what they're being paid on every single load. And I think, I don't know, I have mixed feelings on this because I can see the carrier's perspective when they feel like they're getting taken advantage of, but normally I wouldn't say that is the case. I don't think brokers are taking advantage of carriers on a wide scale you know, in the grand scheme of things. And I think that part of this business is taking something that you get from a customer and trying to, you know, do the best to make some profit on it. It's a business we're in, man. You know, find a quality, reliable carrier to move it, but also get a fair rate for you, your customer, and a fair rate still to the carrier. And I think if we go into full transparency, carriers are going to want pretty much like 80% of that uh, rate on the load. And some brokers do have customers where they do make, you know, five, $600 on, on every load. And that's great. But if we go into this whole transparency thing and we get the government involved requiring brokers to show this to carriers, carriers aren't going to take that anymore. They're going to say, Hey, you're getting 1500 on this load. I want 1300 of it. Yeah. And it's uh, not going to be a free market anymore. Not going to be a free market. And it's going to really, I think it's really going to clamp down on the people in the middle who are the brokers and really take down their profits, which, uh, for we our audience here, yeah, we don't we don't want that to happen. You know, we this is how brokers make a living. You know, buying and selling. So, well, listen, I mean, it, and you're and you're right. I mean, there was a deregulation back in I believe the '80s for for a reason, right? Um, we don't want to have this business regulated. It's it's a free market, and that's how this country runs. You know what I mean? And that's that's my own personal opinion on that. Right. Um, I don't think I get it. Like you said, I get it from the carrier standpoint, but that's just the price of doing business, right? right? You take advantage, and then on the carrier, broker, and shipper side, you take advantage of when the market's in your favor, right? right. And then when it's not, you separate yourself from greedy brokers, carrier, shippers right. by not being so greedy, right? Yep. You still make a profit, and you can increase your profits, but you're not going, you're not astronomical with it, right? right. So it's, it's very important, and I'll say this to the brokers out there, very important to keep ourselves with a good name and, and, and check yourself, right? Yeah. Um, I'm never going to say no to money, but right. keep, an, keep, keep it in mind that these carriers are trying to make a living just like you, right? Yeah. Um, so rates are starting to ease up. You want to throw an extra 100 bucks to a carrier on a lane? Yeah. There you go. That, that's in good faith, right? And that creates that good free market relationship. So um, on that, 
People crying about transparency. Yes, you're right. At the beginning of the year, that did happen. They went to Congress. They want to have that kind of, and it's just going to be regulation, right? If you put government into anything, it's going to, uh, your service levels are going to incredibly drop off, right? Right. Um, and that's just my two cents about that. I would say transparency to a certain degree. I mean, you got to you really got to think about that and how it's going to work. Right. And I think from Matthew's perspective, if you feel like you're consistently being taken advantage of, stop working with those brokers. Um, you know, if you feel like the rate is fair, then I don't really see a need for transparency. But if you feel like you're taking advantage of, go and look for other brokers. You know, there's thousands out there across the country. Um, and like you said, getting the government involved, it's just going to regulate rates. It's going to it's going to kill the brokerage industry. I mean, there's there's not going to be a good way to make make a living in it anymore. Right. Because, uh, you know, most of the money being paid from the customer is going to go directly to the carrier and we're going to have no say in that. So I would say I'm against that transparency and regulation. You just got to keep, like you said, it's a free free market, you know, and that's how we we want it to stay. Well, think about this: what what are brokers paid for, and why do we why do we even exist? It's because right. big companies don't want to have to worry about the the, the shipping needs, right. the the updates, this and that. That's a whole sector of America that takes care of another sector of America. Right. You're you're taking out that main chain. It's gonna be it's gonna be a trickle down effect. Right. I don't like it. And those big companies don't have the time and resources to keep up on rates on all of their lanes. No, that's why the they budgets work. are gonna go towards shipping and receiving now like crazy. Right. And that's why they work with brokers because brokers know you know what the going rate is for a carrier and they'll allow the customer not to get taken advantage of. But if the customer was going straight to carriers. Carriers are probably going to take advantage of the customer and say, hey, you know, we need, you know, this much on the lane and the customer will probably have no idea what the going rate is. So that's why brokers exist to, you know, put a fair business relationship in place between the customer and the carrier and still be able to make a little bit of money in the middle. So I think transparency might be good. Regulation, I don't like it. Yeah. Closing remarks on that for me are no regulation and uh, free market, baby. Yes. That's what this is all about. Absolutely. All right, well, that'll uh, that'll wrap up our show today, Alex, and I want to wrap up by getting an official, I want the official on the record, are the Bills and Titans going to play this Sunday? I say no, which is unfortunate. That makes me uh, makes me upset. I wish they do play, but I don't think it's going to happen. No, I I, I'd have to agree with you. I'm also going to say no, and uh, that just frees up my uh, my Sunday for a little bit more time in the woods. I yeah. am an avid hunter, so I'll, I'll, I'll be out there a little bit more. Yeah, there you go. I'll definitely still be watching some football, but it will be unfortunate not to see the uh, this is a This is a crazy, crazy year. And we didn't even talk. We'll get into it in the next episode. Uh, we didn't even talk about Hurricane Delta. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And we'll get into that in the next episode, a little teaser for you. Maybe uh, we'll get into some tips and trades on how you can get involved in that as a broker. And, uh, yes, absolutely. And, and help people out while also making some money. You know? Yeah, get into their it's disaster relief and all of that. Absolutely. Well, as always, uh, we're going to close up the show for asking those reviews. Give us those five stars on all of your podcast formats. Um, and then also, again, any questions, any comments, any concerns, submit those into us at the Broker Bros at ShipLDI.com. Again, the email is just BrokerBros at ShipLDI.com. Um, thank you to all of our listeners out there. We uh, Tell us. Tell your friends about us. Yeah. Tell your colleagues about us. Let them know it's just a, a refreshing take from two young professionals in the freight brokering world. Um, and yeah, man. Uh, yeah. If you like what we're putting out here, please you know share it. Share it to your colleagues, and we'll continue to expand what we got going here. All right, Alex. Well, until episode three, go Bills. Go Bills, man.